Jennifer, how are you? I'm doing fabulous. How are you doing, Richard? Bob, just great. Can't you tell yeah. I'm out here in a pond uh, at the Northbrook Nature Center, <laughs> paddling around? I love it. It's I very, wish. Very vibrant. Well, here we are back on Zoom. Yes, we, we are. We, we did that face-to-face -face thing, which is hilarious and fabulous. We had a wonderful lunch together. That was great. Good. Celebrating what? Celebrating our 10,000 downloads. That's right. Our 10,000th download, whatever that means. Whatever it's probably means. one guy in Covina, like, you know, let me do it again. <laughs> Try it again. I don't know. I'm kidding. No, I listen, I get a lot of email from people on Quora and other places, you know, uh, thanking us, thanking you, thanking me for being here to ask you questions. You know, I we've talked about this. I'm not really sure if there's anybody else on the planet doing something like this. I mean, there are people who obviously channel and talk to people on the other side and, you know, um, do those things. But we're talking about process. We're asking people questions on the flip side, like, what's going on over there? Like, what are you doing? I think it changes all the time. I mean, how this, so this this week, and regardless of when you listen to this podcast, yeah. has been a very energetic week because of our full supermoon, as well as a, um, a what was it? Blood red moon? Blood red? Supermoon? And an eclipse. And so the eclipse, oh. it just made the, so what I have noticed with my work, everyone is very close from the other side. I know they're always close, but I I felt it and the information was just like as if you and I were talking just like this. This is how it felt, the information that I was getting from that. Interesting. Do you feel like it, that was a shift or a change or was that just because of the moon? I don't, I don't know. I'm not quite sure. Maybe we should ask. It's true. I used to work as a bouncer in a bar in Boston. Father's Oh, father. that must have been the funnest job ever. <laughs> and you can imagine, I avoided most fights, but... Every now and then the cops would come in, uh, you know, and we, of course, while I was still serving, but you know, they pretend like it was after hours. Anyway, but they're saying, they told me that when there's a full moon out, they don't go into work. They avoid going into work. And yeah, even though there's- They let the rookie sandal it, I'm sure. Right. You know, even though, I mean, there's science, you know, they've had arguments about it, but you know, the human body is a certain percentage of water. And if it's gonna move the oceans around, You'd right. think, you know, maybe it affects mediums in a different way. <laughs> I just noticed that whenever I do events around a full moon, it's a lot more clear. There's oh, it's interesting. So I've learned through my experience that we're all connected. I've told everybody this. Everybody's connected. It's right. just energy. You might, not, you might not have the awareness of being connected, which I try to help and guide people to be aware um of who's around them and so forth but it is it's so funny it's not that they're not always there because they are always there it's just there's no phonetic energy there's nothing that's in between it feels like when there's a full moon it feels like whoop, everybody's just here and it's a lot more clear in dialogue all right well let's why don't we ask one of our pals on the flip side let's ask luana uh, if she doesn't mind you know I, i'm sure she has an agenda her clipboard but Lou, is that something you want to talk about? Did you pop that into Jennifer's mind? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, go no, ahead. Not really. Hold on a second. All right. 
I, if it no, wait, wait. Oh, oh, go ahead. Ahead. So let me just make sure that I'm, I'm seeing this right. Um, and can you hear me okay? I can hear you okay. And we hear the garbage trucks that heard that our podcast started and they showed up. You know, what are you going to do? They're not. They're doing road work. And so I don't know how long this is going to go. And they're back. They're back. It's okay. I mean, you know, beep, beep, beep is okay. It's just to remind us all we're all on a clock and a timer. And we only have so many minutes on the planet. And right now we've got about a half an hour. Anyway, so good. Okay. So I'll, I'll be more specific to Lou. Lou, take a look at your clipboard. Who's here that needs to talk to us? It almost feels like your grandmother she's showing me. Love that. I got two. Which one? Is it on my mom's side? Dad's side. Dad's side. Dad's side. Okay, my grandmother, Dionysia. And I feel like, were you little when she passed? Was it that grandmother or was that the other? Well, it, that, well no. Both of them lived to be an older age, but I must say I spent, when I was little, Nisa, as we called her, and I spent a lot of time together because I was the brunt of four boys, so they were off playing and shooting guns and you know, getting fireworks, and I spent time with her. I'm actually laughing about it because it's kind of funny. She's like, yes, he constantly asks questions. I'm seeing you, like, looking up, like, at a countertop as she's cooking the favorite sauce that you love, and you're asking a ton of questions, and you're like, <laughs> and, you, and I think that you, you, there was something against pepper, like you not wanting pepper or wanting pepper in the dish or something like that, or making it too spicy. Well, uh, let's just allow, first of all, that's accurate. She had a counter, and when she would well, cook. I, for, the, for, for everybody else, everyone has a counter in their kitchen. But well, no, I, no, but I'm saying I can specifically see what she's talking about, me being okay. next to her while she's chopping up onions or, you know, making a spaghetti sauce, Italian. Um, and, and then also, so, but this goes a little bit deeper. And, and so, of course, that's why I'm here, to unpack this. Certainly, I thought of her this morning because she used to make a specific kind of egg for me that since then I've tried to recreate it. And today, for the first time in a long time, I had the thought, oh, that's, that's the flavor that she used to have. It was like an egg soft boiled with butter and a little bit of toast all mixed in. And it was, there was something, you know, yeah. to this day that is just complete. So I was thinking of her. Briefly, go ahead. So then, so then if she's talking about it, hold on a second. I think there's something about you like needing not to put all the seasoning in. <laughs> well, that's, and that has turned into my life, let's say. I don't remember us discussing that, but in my, you know, palate now, I used to, you know, have pepperoncini, but now it's like, get that out of here. So I can't really go with a lot of spicy stuff, too spicy, because it affects, you know, whatever. Anyway, so I, so she's Funny. right. So I, I just want to point out that she's compressing time. It's not only that as a kid, I stood next to her, but when time gets compressed like this, she's also referring to my pasta sauces today are, you know, they don't have the spice that they might've had when I was younger. Is that correct? correct? Well, let's ask her some questions. And she's just saying hi and that she can come whenever you want her to. All right. Well, I've got a couple of questions for you. So hang on there, cupcake. <laughs> so 
towards the end of your life, you ha you suffered from this thing that a lot of people suffer from. It felt like she was <laughs> she showed me looking for her mind. Bingo. And so I think you were the first person that I became aware of. Can I just tell you how funny she is? She literally showed me looking as a mind was out in the distance. <laughs> looking That's for great. her mind. So, you know, they hadn't even come up with the term Alzheimer's when she had it. And it was dementia. And I was just talking about it the other day because uh, with a friend of mine. And it's that thing of, you know, short-term memory, remembering just enough stuff about your past. And then sort of having that loop of saying, so where are you going again? What, and in the case, the last time I saw her, I was uh, 19, 18 years old, on my way to Rome to go to school. And she would say, so what's going on? And I'd say, well, Grandma, I'm going to Rome to go to school. And she'd say, oh, that's wonderful. That's nice. So what are you doing now? Are you, where are you, what are you doing? And so it would be repeated. And then eventually I started making up places I was going. I'm going to Mars. I'm going to Schenectady. But the idea being that I didn't she take it. it she loved it though. Well, the idea was I never took it personally. I, the, the saying is, they may forget who you are, but you don't have to forget who they were. And so the idea of allowing her to just say whatever it is she wanted to express. because But within there, I realized by digging into it at 18 years old, I could ask her questions about her youth. And I'm going to ask her one now because at the time she said she grew up in the house behind the house in a town near Genoa. And I realized that she was the product of a maid and the patron of the house whose name she took. So I want to ask her about that. What was that That's like? Kind of very confusing. And there's something about his sister as well. Okay, so one of her sisters was also the product of that same father? The youngest one, it feels like. Okay, and then you guys eventually moved over to the United States. Um, and I did, I've done some tracking down that, because- Was that in New York? Was that in yeah. New York? Uh, in New York initially, correct. Okay. Initially coming through Ellis Island and moving with a family uh, in New Jersey, but okay. then eventually moving down to Pennsylvania. and. The odd part of her journey is that at some point she went back to Italy, changed her name at around age 20, and came back as another person, even though I could see the, the records. I, could, I found the records. So she wow. came back and, and took on the name of someone. So what was that about? Who was your... She said love. Love. Okay. Does it matter if we find out who your mother and father were? No. No. Okay. Well, it does I if I want to get my Italian passport. Well, I felt like her father, there's somebody that was very mean, it feels like, that was in her life. Mean? Mm -hmm. Okay. Was yeah. that your, was that the father was, or was that one of your brothers or somebody else? I felt like a brother. So just for the audience, I'm aware of the fact that it's, when she came back, she was, taken care of by her brother. So this was her half-brother, you see? Yeah. Her half-brother, who was the legitimate heir to the family, but they treated her nuts so badly that she was listed as a house servant in their home and treated like a, 
a slave, really, in the home that she lived in. And it wasn't until she met my grandfather, um, Valentino, in Pennsylvania, they got married, that she got out of that. But I must say, I've seen some letters from one of her daughters, Chloe, who talked about, no, I'm sorry, one of her sister-in-laws, one of her, my Valentino's sister, wrote about the fact that she was the first person they'd ever met who could sing all the Italian songs. Wow. So where did you learn those? Did you pick those up in, in New York? Or did you pick those up from your family or? She, she showed me, hold on a second. Um, she's just showing me watching cinema or watching TV. Okay, watching films. Like, or in those days you would go to the theater yeah, in New York and you would see these Italian operettas. Like yeah. the movie The Godfather covered, covered them. Right. And that's where you'd learn to sing them. Old timey, you know, stuff. Well, mama, as we called you, is there anything you want me to pass along to any of your grandchildren? Um, <laughs> she's actually just saying, tell them they need a family reunion. Yeah, good luck with it. A Zoom family reunion. <laughs> no, it's yeah. true. I know, I know. And, and we've all, you know, this is for the audience members out there who've lost family. Um, you know, when your parents pass away or move to the other side, one, a, a priest, family priest said to me, it's like the anchor is cut on the boat. And the, and the anchor held all those boats together. But when they pass away, the boats sort of drift into their own world and go off into distances. And right. so having a family reunion forces you to remember the comedy <laughs> and the nostalgia, yeah. you know. Just like your dad and his talking about the way to get past grief is to move grief to nostalgia. Family reunions can allow you to move grief to nostalgia because you remember all the silly things. They tend to remember all the silly things. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Lou, speaking of silly things, let's take a look at your VIP list. Who have you got on there? Chuck? Yeah. Okay, very good. By the I way, I, I just... Have, I have no idea who Chuck is, though. Okay, well, the audience does. Um, and the reason they do is because when we interviewed Chuck last week, um, there was a moment when... I hate that. that when Chuck, <laughs> that's okay. Stop it. But there was, <laughs> there was a great moment where you were talking to Chuck, Charles Grodin, and, oh God! Okay, sorry. Oh, no, no worries, because you listen. You deal with crime. You deal with police department. You deal with all kinds of clients. I understand. But there was a moment when, and I, uh, I, I had heard it in the broad, you know, in the podcast, and I didn't really get it, but my wife understood it. At some point, you were seeing Warren Beatty. Chuck was showing you Warren Beatty, and you went hairspray. Hairspray? Yeah. You asked that question. And my wife remembered, no, no, it's the movie Shampoo. Oh, huh. Which I, remember, war, I which, saw a billboard with Warren Beatty, and there was a girl, and there was somebody, yeah, Shampoo. Well, here's why, this is why it's so resonant in our group discussion, which is Luana was in the movie Shampoo, 
the movie was written by her close friend, Robert Town. The movie's based on her and her relationship with her boyfriend in the 60s, who was a hairdresser named Richard Alcala. And even though there's another guy who got the credit as being the impetus for the film, this guy, Richard, was the, and over the years, you don't remember, but over the years, we've talked to Richard, we've talked to Lana about that. So for her to put that image in your mind of uh, shampoo is a way to tie it all together. Because of course, Chuck did Heaven Can Wait with Warren. Warren was very close with yeah. Chuck, you know, and as well as Robert Town, the last time I saw I him. I had no idea Robert Town did that. Well, again, and again, I don't Yeah. All right, so Chuck, of course, you're always welcome. I had the impression that you and I were speaking over the past couple of nights. I don't remember the content. It was, he showed me the last clip of the film. Oh, the last clip of uh, Midnight Run? Now I know, now I know now what, you know what that is, yeah, yeah. But yes, he's showing me the picture that you posted with him and what yes, he said. Yes, where the la his last line in the movie Midnight Run was, I'll see you in the next life. Was that your line or was that George Gallo's line? Was that in the script or did you make that up, Chuck? He's saying he made it up as he was going along. Okay. I think I mentioned that- uh, he, showed me, he showed me actually putting that on Midnight Run and then doing things around it. So they like had that at the end and then tried to do And then, yeah, worked it backwards throughout right. the story. Because like I said, uh, I remember when Chuck and uh, Robert De Niro used to go to the Sheraton at the Universal on every Sunday and spend like eight hours improvising. And then they would put that into the script. So out of those vast improvs came this really wonderful movie that was really well put together. But you could see how things paid off at the end because they had been put in earlier on including that line, see you in the next life. Because I think it might've been the second time it was said, something like that. That's true. So well, he's showing me like as if there was intermission, it would say it right after the intermission and then again at the end or something like that. So Chuck, what was your impression of, because since then I took the podcast and I added photographs of, from our journey together, as well as some funny stuff. He's just like, yeah, I just want a part two. <laughs> okay, so here we are. This is the sequel to last week's uh, podcast I about Charlie. I cannot believe I, got I wasn't shown a picture of him. I just was shown, I just was told, Chuck, I just think Chuck. it's funny. That's very good. Lou knows that I would know and would be able to say it. I so. know. But, but that's fine, that's fine. I mean, the audience is, is going, what? This is, we, whatever. But again, Jennifer, how you have like eight clients a day. And so I, it's not- I have eight clients a day. I did an event the other night. I also taught two classes. I also had between, I worked five days straight, hours on end. Well, it also shows that we don't, we don't so, work this stuff out in advance. Oh, no, and so since I saw you, I can't remember what I did yesterday. <laughs> well, I love that because it's one of the only gifts I have that I'm aware of which is I do have a tendency to remember everything in pieces of what we say or what we talk about. So it's like my, you know, it's like the link goes back to it. But in Chuck's case, listen, enough okay. about me and my process. Chuck, I'm what do you want to talk about? Stars, the galaxy. He's showing me stars. I'm just going to tell you what I see. Okay. So he's showing me when I asked, you know, when we asked, what is it that you want to talk about? feels like he wants to talk about the universe. That's what he's saying. Okay, I had that weird impression that that's what we were talking about. 
in this, uh, in the kind of, I don't know, I don't want to call it a dream, but it was a conversation we were having. I just want to note this. It felt very emphatic, this conversation he and I were having in this, I don't want to call it a dream because it was a conversation that I wasn't aware of until I almost woke up and then it was like, oh yeah. Emphatic meaning almost to the point of loud. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So specific. Uh, so what do you want to talk about? What do you want to say about, about the universe? Well, he just laughed. He's like, how else am I going to get you to listen? <laughs> well, yeah, shut me up. What, but I, are you talking about in terms of astrophysics? In terms of uh, time, in time. terms of time, and we have our buddy Stephen Hawking. We've talked to a few times. Speaking of time, a guy wrote a book about it. Um, but what do you want to say about time? Because well, the last time we spoke, really, was a hugely interesting thing you said, which was that you guys create time. On the flip side, I do remember that. Yes, and and then I added or or maybe augmented that thought because a portion of our conscious energy is always back there. So it's, it's not that they alone are creating the time by themselves that we have to sort of be manipulated like marionettes, but we're over there too. So all of us as a group right. create that essence. You show me like this breathable, like expansion going in and out. Like as if it was like a stretchy, something that stretches and then goes back in and then goes back out interesting okay so hold on a second sure he says because i asked him about time and he says we can reflect on our memories and jump into them as if they're happening okay do so, you mean do you mean while we're on still on the planet and we do that like sort of while we're dreaming or yes. therapy or something yes and he showed me like the energy to it so whether the energy is of happiness or the energy is, um, okay, part of the reason why he's showing this is because he's trying to show as well the things that you focus on. So if you're putting your focus or you're going into bad memories, that energy is coming with you, right? Not exactly. Hold on. Oh, if you jump into memories, we get to be there with you. So jumping into a memory, or, so let's pretend that we're having a dream. And uh, so our, you know, our body's asleep and part of our conscious mind is now gone home or gone back or wherever, we're flying around. And now we're in this dream of an event that happened, let's say in our lifetime, back in the 1960s or something or 70s. Right. Or, you know, a, a restaurant and we're in that restaurant and now we're re-experiencing and we're with the people that we knew back then so right. you're saying we're with their higher selves and they get to participate in our dream you can do it while you're awake as well interesting to be through meditation so, you mean they're showing they're showing me what i do for work so i'm i'm basically tapping into people's memories of their past present future i'm tapping into time that big what we what we've decided to call that big bandwidth right of somebody that's in front of me yeah or somebody that i'm talking to on the phone or however you want to that's what i do and so he's saying that everyone else can do that as well you can jump into like if you want to people we have it backwards that's so funny thank you when we think about manifesting are we going into our future memories 
like, so we're bouncing around between past, present and future, whether we're thinking about the future, but whatever you think about or whatever you go towards, you're drawing that energy. And so if you're thinking about a person, if you're thinking about a memory, which I find fascinating, if you go into a memory that you have with a loved one, hold on. Then your love, you saying because then your loved one gets to be with you. Right, yeah. you re you reunite in a way. So I'm just thinking about the process and thinking about the audience listening in. Like, okay, how do I do that? So let's just give them something, an example. And this came to mind. Let's say a photograph of a family gathering that occurred back in the you know go with, with my grandmother's suggestion that family reunion. So you take out a photograph of your family. Uh, at some point where you're all together mm -hmm. and then what would be a way to sort of experiencing that in real time as opposed to just oh I remember you know it was a hot day I remember it was rainy or whatever it was what's a way to help people change that into present tense to go from past tense and say so how are you doing my friend my grandmother my father what is it just talking to them so if I'm understanding this correctly, you can change your dreams that are even bad into good ones. You can rearrange whatever, whatever you're wanting to re whatever you're wanting to experience. So if you're wanting to, if you're wanting to change a circumstance that's happened to you in your past, you okay. Can well, let's give an example. So let's say that you had a bad relationship oh, with your, your grandmother. Yeah. Your grandmother. Okay. Let's say you're having a bad relationship with your grandmother. Let's just pretend. And so you're looking at a picture of your grandmother and a way to change that relationship is while you're looking at the photograph to say, okay, I'm thinking about your journey. You're choosing your parents, you becoming a little girl, being have to be abused by a, a mean brother and being harassed. And by doing that, you allow to shift the focus so you're no longer thinking about how they were mean to you. You're thinking about how other people were mean to them. And that alters the, the past. Is that correct? It helps heal it. Helps yeah. heal the past. Beautiful. That's a wonderful way to put it. Um, it's funny because after our conversation last week, Jennifer and I had lunch and I I threw a couple of names at her because I forgot. And one of them was Paul Simon, who was a very close friend of Chuck's. And I asked if he had a message for Paul. And I know you don't remember the message, but the, I'm no. going to repeat it because it's worth repeating. And he said, tell Paul not to worry about his last song. And I was thinking to myself, is he referring to a song that Paul wrote that was a song that he was worried about? And I said, why? And the answer was, because your last song is not your last song. Meaning, <laughs> once you get over to the other side, the you're ah. yeah. <laughs> once you get over there, you're still creating music. And we've been fortunate enough to talk to a number of musicians in our work together over the past five years, quite a few. And all of them report some version of creating instruments, playing instruments, playing right. together, uh, sharing music, um, et cetera, et cetera. So that idea that you can continue your song, that your song goes on, is also what he's talking about here, which is 
right. accessing your loved ones on the other side, your, their song is going on. It hasn't stopped. And of course, they have a new perspective because they're home of everything that happened here. So it's almost like asking them, could you give me some insight into what really happened between us? You know, looking at that photograph and allowing whatever comes to mind to just be the thing that comes to mind. Right. You know, they're not going to say, I hated you. You know, maybe it's a comedy thing, but generally they're going to say, well, I had it rough. I had a rough time. You know, it was hard for me. By the time you came along, you know what I mean? So, yeah. uh, so I just wanted to bring that up because it was such a wonderful thing to say. Your last song is not your last song. Right. And so insightful. Not that I could ever get Paul to hear it. As, <laughs> as we know, Paul isn't the guy who, but you know, anyway, Luana, back to you and Chuck. What, what do you got? What else do you guys want to talk about? Show me Sherry. Hold on. <laughs> okay. Her dream state has been really crazy. Like she's been getting a lot of things in her dream state. Um, okay. Pay attention to that. Is that what you're saying? Keep an eye on that. Tell her not to have fear with it but to trust yourself. Yeah, I, I, would, I would venture to say, and this is true of a lot of people, it's not like they necessarily have fear related to it. It's more along the lines of disbelief. You know, you wake up and you go, oh, that could have been just a drink. Could have been the pepperoni pizza I had. You know, this is what inspired that. Or, you know, and she's somebody who will say that before a sentence, say, you know, this could be completely not true, inaccurate. However, I had the impression Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. As yeah. we did last week with uh, Chuck. You know, Chuck, I asked you about politics. I mean, I don't want to get go down the political thing because, but you were a person who dealt with that in your life, um, and you know, I would say your perspective now is obviously a little bit different. Um, you know, you were always an open-minded skeptic. Go ahead. Way different, he says. And how so? Just uh, if you could explain that, because. For all compassion sides. compassion for all sides okay could you talk about that a little bit what does that mean <laughs> it's insane he's just like to let go of what everybody to to let go of trying to ah what did it say he said it's so eloquent hold on to let go of trying to change what everybody thinks about situations People are going to think what they want to think. And why did I ever think that I could have any sort of control over that is insane. <laughs> well, that's a lovely way to put it. And compassionate. I mean, some I people. Exhausting. He goes, that's exhausting. He goes, it's like being, okay, hold on. It's like being an atheist. You spend so much time defending what you're doing or who you are. He goes, no one's going to believe in the way they, like, People are going to believe in the way they want to believe. And you can either waste a lot of time trying to change their minds, or you can just do what's right for yourself. That will make more of an impact than disseminating what you, how you think things should be. You know, it's a little bit like our friend or Luana's friend, Harry Dean Stanton, when he came in and he said, right. you know, he, he pointed out that he had spent a big majority of his life arguing about the afterlife. And he said, if you just allow for the possibility 
then you won't waste another minute of your life arguing about it like I did, which is really a wonderful way to put it. But, but I just also want to, I want to address some other things I've heard from people, um, you know, people who listen to our podcast, mm -hmm. and they, they get the impression that you, Chuck, Luana, other people in our class are able to reach out to them. So they're, they listen to us talk about you and then they feel that well, they're, connected. they're connected. They're connected. And so how does that work? They know you from the podcast. You're connected to all of us. So it's just, it doesn't, doesn't really matter. They're connected. Is it a little bit like dialing in like, a station? Like they're just, they're just, they just showed me, so that's a great way of saying it. So they just showed me like somebody jumping on your surf, like your wave or your surfboard with you and just catching a wave. <laughs> so they're on the board with you. And, and so yeah. they're in that. That is coming from um, Billy. Oh, I don't know. If Bill Paxson? Or if you Well, like. he can now. Let's put it that way. But that idea of he says he's allowing. He says he's yeah. practicing. Well. <laughs> he's practicing. Is that what he said? Well, so that idea of we're all connected. We all have this ability to, but uh, let's talk about that, Chuck, in terms of astrophysics. I mean, you, you mentioned it, you know, the deep space thing. I, I gather from what you're saying is that not only does time not really exist, or it's obviously compressed in such a way, then that would imply that space as well it isn't what we think it is. Is that correct? Space is the magnitude of the ability of everyone getting around. So, say it in a different way. <laughs> well, that's all right. I mean, I don't, that's fine. No, he's so, he's so funny. He's uh, but I think it's relative is what he's saying. Um, space is what holds us together. Almost like the medium or the, the paint or the ocean that, that holds us all together. That's the space. We've talked to people who have said, uh, you know, that they can move at the speed of thought, that there are portals throughout our universe that they can zip through. So that makes space very relative in terms of somebody who exists on the other side of the universe and is able to show up here. Um, Chuck, and, and why not? People have been talking about UFOs or UAPs lately. Right. Do you want to weigh in on that at all? <laughs> he says, you're an alien. You're a UFO. <laughs> I, I understand. We got uh, that from Stephen Hawking. We're all aliens. And by that, do you mean that we all choose to incarnate from somewhere else? We come from somewhere else to the planet? We're foreign, he says, to everything. We're foreign so, to everything. Which in turn makes us aliens. I understand. And let me just ask you a percentage wise. He said, think about it. He goes, you make a home here, but it's not a home. Because your home's back home. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So wouldn't, so wouldn't that make you an alien? Well, let me ask you, Chuck, if, are, are you aware of any lifetimes you've had on other planets or friends of yours who've had lifetimes on other planets? He's learning. He's learning. He's brought, hold on. 
He goes, I look like an alien more than anyone else did. Um, he says we I had they haven't even scratched the surface of lives and lives that you're connected to and past lives and it's just like that then he shows me that like that expansion that expansion and so uh, let me ask you your opinion of what we're doing here is that what we're is that kind of what we're Jennifer and I are doing is helping people to access that yeah because people are accessing it People are access, accessing it, he goes, sometimes years later after you guys started from, you know, so time is, it's going, you know, where their starting point is different from everybody else's starting point and from when we did it. We're doing right. this podcast right now. Right. Almost like planting seeds and then it comes to fruition. Correct. Correct. Sometime later. Very good. Uh, any specific messages you have for any of our friends or pals or your friends or pals or... Probably. Robert, hold on. Robert Town, okay, writer of Chinatown. When? He says, tell him that he did see him in a dream just a couple days after he passed. Robert saw Chuck. Chuck, mm -hmm. are you aware of Robert's dog? Oh, yeah, I was holding his dog. <laughs> okay, let's talk about that a little bit. Was that a surprising thing for you to realize that Robert Town's dog, whom you never met, Never saw his dog, but that's somebody Luana knows. But he also said that's the connection though. It doesn't matter just like, okay, he's using that as an example of what we were just discussing about how people that never met Chuck, how they have a connection through you. Well, he didn't know the dog, but he has the connection through somebody else to see the dog, to have the dog with him. Ira. And, and I've had, uh, in the book architecture of the afterlife there's this uh, an interview i do with steph arnold our friend and i'm talking to her council member and the council member says i say to the council member what do you think of our work and she said well i'm familiar with it because of your dog and then she goes on to describe my dog who passed away 40 years ago and i was saying to her wait a second i'd never met steph before here she was describing my dog to a t and anyway, and so that idea, so let's talk about that a little bit, Chuck. Animals on the flip side. Sentient people, beings. Sentient beings. People ask me all the time, are, will they see their pets again? Immediately. Absolutely. And I've also repeated Hira's observation, as weird as that sounds, Hira the dog, who died about 20 years ago, 30. I've repeated his observation that animals are more aware of how incarnation works than humans are. Is that correct? That's because they keep jumping back. It's like a loop. So they're, they're more used to going back and forth just as a time element because yeah. they come and go. They'll, they'll, come, they'll come through like three different times for the same owner. I see. So it's like they're used to it. And how do they find their owner? Because, I mean, of course, people, their minds are blown. You know, like it's... You chart that. You chart that. So it's like <laughs> you're thumbing through your index. Okay, is him? Is that him? No, that's not him. You get out of here. Oh, maybe it's you get like told. You get maybe told. it's yeah. swipe left. Yeah. Anyway, but still, are they? Are you seeing? So is an animal seeing our energy frequency? Yes. Our whole soul group is made up of similar colors that connect. So like a painter walking into a field and looking around and catching 
certain colors of flowers and being, you know, like being attracted to that and knowing that's where they're supposed to go. Yes. Wow. Yeah. You're just showing me like the yellow that's behind you. Yeah. I, that's it made me think of that, that too. So that branch would be all different kinds of yellow. But yeah, there's an underlying thread that's the same. So and I'd recognize it. I'd see the yellow and say, oh, right. I know that color and then be attracted to it. Um, what, so that brings a question about, since animals are sentient, I mean, what are we doing eating them? I know they're not, they don't have an issue with it because I've asked, but some the humans do, vegans do, of course. Right. But you tell us, is this and like- They just said too, just like with salad, it's, that has energy of, you know, plants have energy, fungus has like- Everything has energy. Everything does, so. And is everything sentient? Is that what you're saying? It starts out that way, yes. Okay, and but we've heard they, that. They showed me like, if you're eating something like, a, like if you're eating steak and that cow that you, you know, that cow had fear, you know, you shouldn't really eat meat that's from a place, a place that hurts animals, you know, that's not, it doesn't do it in a way that's kind. So, uh, and that's a, it's a big question, which is what you're saying is, is that the, the energetic structure of what a being goes through, whether it's a plant, whether it's a fish, whether it's an animal, retains some aspects of fear, anger, whatever that is. Is that what you're saying? Yes. And so therefore we also retain some of those things, even though we go from life to life, we might retain some fear from a previous lifetime where we got scared to bejesus. Yeah, I saw a shark one day. I was at the- uh, oh, You just put a shark in my head. Let me tell you why. So the people that kill sharks that are also hurting dolphins, like we have to be careful of what, what other things are we killing in the process of getting food. Wow, that was interesting. Yeah, um, showed me that. That was so weird. But not weird. Well, not weird in our world. But I, I remember I was in uh, the Sydney uh, Harbor Aquarium, and they built it in such a way as that you walk through the aquarium, and you're these big plastic tubes that you walk through, and the animals, fish, are just swimming around. And I, you know, I saw this shark <laughs> coming at me. Wait a minute, how's this shark coming at me? You know, with that face, and my brain went run you know and i thought to myself god that's right. so weird it's so primal i i had no conscious memory right. of running from a shark but obviously that's a dna thing or you know genetic code or whatever hold on i don't know why it does this i just um shoot i'm gonna have to get going i didn't think oh you got it oh you can't get out of that all right well before we go if we got a minute yes well okay so, Lou, anything else you want to do? You want to say about your friend Chuck and what it was like for you to see Chuck on the flip side? There's going to be a part three. <laughs> There's going to be a part three. All right, very good. You know, hold on a second. He's like, you can't condense my life into two half hours or whatever. He's like, come on. Well, that's funny. Hold on a second. Pure love and bliss. Pure love, love and bliss. Chuck. Seeing Chuck on the flip side. And Chuck, the last thing you said to us last week was also about be authentic. Be authentic. That was your message to the planet. Be authentic. What do you mean by that? Own who you are. 
love who you are, mistakes and all, because it, there really isn't, oh, there are, hold on. He's like, yes, there are mistakes, but you can correct them at your own volition. Very good. Chuck, but thanks. Love yourself. But love yourself. Chuck, thanks for coming by for part two. I'm sure there'll be, this could be a 10 part series. We don't know. We That's don't fine. know, but Chuck's like, I think Luana's retiring and I'm coming in. And oh yeah, taking over. over for her? Yeah, good luck. He's, that. he's shown that to me a couple of times, how he's taking the clipboard from her. <laughs> good luck with that. <laughs> I know her well enough. You just hit him over the head. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we love you. Thank you, Jennifer. Appreciate your talent, your ability. Chuck, Luana, our friends, Hira. We'll talk to you next week or on the flip side. Bye. Ciao. Bye.